Listening Dog Media. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The FIFA Women's World Cup 2015. Brought to you by the Offside Rule and Audio Boom. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Offside Rule. We get it and our special podcast from the Women's World Cup in Canada. Kate Borsay and Lindsay Hooper. And we're in our third different city, Lindsay. We are. We're in Ottawa. And you say warm welcome, but really it's humid welcome. It's <laughs> a sweaty very, welcome. Very humid place. <laughs> First Moncton, then Montreal. And now we're in Ottawa for Podcast 4. What's going on on today's show? It's jam-packed. It really is. So stick around for the next 20 minutes and you'll get everything you need to know on the Women's World Cup so far. Um, We are going to talk Wish You Were Here. Players who've left the tournament because their team has been eliminated, but we wish that we could still see them at this World Cup. So players that have impressed us. We're going to hear from Mark Sampson as well, an exclusive chat that I had with him on keeping the squad happy. He's, of course, getting lots of headlines for his rotation policy here. Some say it's genius. Some say he's tinkering too much. And you had a lovely chat with Carly Telford, I know, in depth today, Lindsay. Yes, I think it's interesting to speak to a couple of the reserve goalkeepers here because um, Siobhan Chamberlain is second choice Carly Talford third choice behind Karen Barsley isn't it interesting to get into the mindset of those sorts of players a completely different challenge when you just don't know what might happen this is true we'll hear from Carly later tell on your roomie our fantastic feature that the players are enjoying and I hope you're enjoying it too uh, with Katie Chapman and Claire Rafferty there's wine mentioned in this one <laughs> there's wine and there's rude noises mentioned there's lots mentioned <laughs> but first up we we are going to talk favourite England moments of the tournament so far and build up a little to Norway. This recorded on the eve of the Norway game. And Lindsay, we've spoken to a few of the players now. So we've got some behind the scenes insight and some secrets to tell. Hi, I'm Jade Moore. You're listening to the Offside Rule out in Canada at the Women's World Cup with Audio Boom. Okay, Lindsay, let's talk Norway. We've spoken to Mark Sampson, Casey Stoney, Carly Telford, plenty of players. So we've got a good idea, we hope, about what's going to happen. Let's talk lineup first of all. Mark's changed the lineup every single game so far. What do you think he's going to go for? 
Well, he's mentioned in particular to you, Kate, about keeping everyone guessing. He said that when you spoke to him. So I imagine there'll still be rotation within the, the squad outfield players. Um, I don't think he'll change Karen Barsley in goal. That would be a real shock if he did. But let's talk about what, what the players and, and he himself as head coach has mentioned about Norway as opposition. They've talked about them being direct in terms of having pace on the wings. The, the full backs for us are going to have a, a long 90 minutes, I think. But also about the belief within the squad and how we believe we can beat them. It's going to be a, a performance similar to France, but hopefully with a better outcome. Um, I think it will be quite defensive, but we have to go forward and go and attack more and have more chances on target because when you watch this England team in this tournament so far, the best bit of football we've seen was the first 45 minutes against Colombia, and that's when they were fully on the attack and they went for it. So I'd like to see the measure of the two. We can't really switch off against Norway because they will punish. So I expect we will see, I'm going to say an, a, a, maybe a 4-3-3 lineup because I I think we'll go back to that. Um, perhaps not a lone striker up front, but equally we, we won't defend too much behind the ball. I would say that I hope Mark Sampson's learned a lot about his forward line just from this tournament so far because he has played around with it a fair bit. And you're right, Lindsay, that forward line for us is essential to create those goals. And he's chopped and changed it. And I hope that the benefits of that pays off in this Norway game. Of course, we've got to have a strong back line and we know our fullbacks are going to be run off the pitch. Who's going to cause them most of that trouble? One Ada Hegerberg. She is young and she's quick. By goodness me, she's quick. 33 goals in 30 games for Lyon last season so we know she's good uh, and it's about keeping her at bay and stopping Norway breaking because we know that, that all of their attacking line are going to come at us. We have got, though, quick players to counter her pace. Lucy Bronze, who I expect will start, is fast. She's quick at getting back and she's also quick at advancing forwards. So really, I think Lucy would, would have the pick of her and the measure of her. Um, you, you can't underestimate some of our players going forward either. I mean, Enia Luko, one of the fastest players I think I've watched in WSL football and out here at the Women's World Cup, she'd be up there for me in terms of pace. I hope she gets a run out because she is so quick. Um, Frank Herb her pace has been electric this tournament, but also that is her confidence and the fact that she, she looks like a giant on the pitch. I said this last podcast, but she does. She's only small, but her confidence is so big and rich at the moment that she's just feeling like she can take people on. Um, and that's what I want to see more of. I think Frank Kirby will start. Um, Tony Duggan may, may get a chance as well up front. I think strength as well. We're going to need to show strength and resilience. And we know Annie's very good at holding up the ball. And, of course, then off she goes with it. But looking at players like Leanne Sanderson, maybe even Katie Chapman, actually, strength and experience could well pay off in this game. We're still guessing at this moment. We'll wait until the team news comes out. One thing to note on Norway, it's been 20 years since they last won the World Cup in 1995. Not just that, but the coach that took them there, Evan Pellerud, is back in charge of the team. So he's on a mission and the team's on a mission as well. Well, the team are on a mission because coming into the World Cup, they were ranked lower than England, and I think they feel that they've been really overlooked. They were ranked 11th, whereas England have been 6th going into this. They have a point to prove. They want to say, actually, you've forgotten about us. Norway have been there. We've been playing women's football, like you say, for a good couple of decades, for a long time. Um, and we want to put our print on this Women's World Cup in Canada. Hopefully, fingers crossed, England will have something to say about yeah, that. Let's hope Norway aren't sleeping lions. Um,
Um, let's talk standout moments. We've really enjoyed watching England so far, and it's important for us to reflect on that. So give us a standout moment, Lindsay. I'm going to pick out Karen Carney. She came into this tournament with a slight niggle. Um, it wasn't something that we wanted to put out there at the beginning, but I know that you and I both saw it in the gym in, in Moncton for the first game, and she was working on her own separately to the rest of the squad for quite a few different sessions to try and get her match fitness up. Um, she is there now, and she was there when she was let loose by Mark Sampson in that second game. Um, boy, did she have an impact. Karen Carney has come into her own the last two years. I have loved watching her football, and I think she is a threat for any team we face. Um, that angled finish was acute, but it's the sort of thing she can pull off at the moment. She's also great from long range. She'll, she'll have a go if she sees the keeper off the line. Don't you worry, she'll be having a shot. So... I think Karen Carney has that special ingredient and it will be, if we can keep her fit, that driving force going through this tournament to hopefully reach a stage that we've never reached before, like the semi-finals. Do you know, we're sat opposite a jazz festival. I got very excited earlier because I thought that we might have jazz playing in the background of this podcast. And for anyone who doesn't know me, I'm a bit of a closet jazz fan. Yeah, don't I know it. <laughs> so I was thinking Karen Carney's quite like jazz. She seems to be getting better with age. She seems to be maturing into this assured, confident player. See, I can use my example, which is fine wine. <laughs> same, same. I'll go jazz. Uh, the, the standout moment for me so far, and I know it's a popular one, but it's worth a mention, Fran Kirby's first goal at a Women's World Cup Finals, England's first goal at these Women's World Cup Finals. The look on her face. We were there. We were stood next to Steph Horton's dad, Len, who uh, made, his, made his noise known. If you listen to the clip of Fran Kirby on Audio Boom, you'll be able to hear that. That goal, yeah, if you listen to that, you can definitely hear Len. I think you're right to pick her out as well, because you know what? It's not just us that are picking up on Fran Kirby. Um, reading articles from all other national teams and national press who are out here in Canada covering the Women's World Cup, they have singled her out. They've said Fran Kirby for England, one to watch. Not just one to watch because of how she is now, but you have to tell her story. You can't mention Fran Kirby without looking at her story. And when you consider the fact that four years ago she'd walked out of that England under-19 training camp, cancelled plans to take a scholarship um, to play soccer in the States and said that she was quitting football, suffering from depression because of the loss of her mother. Considering that happened four years ago, she spent a year out of the game and came back and has come back with renewed energy and verve. And, and I'm sure she still has tough days. Of course she does. But the fact that she fearlessly goes out on, on the pitch, she's put that behind her and does what she does so brilliantly and is a joy to watch. I mean, she, she brings happiness to others, really. She is very shy and that, I think, is part of her family. I met her brother and her father um, ahead of the Columbia game and um, she actually mentioned that they can be quite negative sometimes and give her criticism um, but apparently they haven't said much out here and that's because I'm, I'm sure they can't really pick much in her game at the moment yes! Road to Canada our Women's World Cup magazine available online at offsiderulepodcast.com Sticking with England as we mentioned earlier we caught up with quite a few of the players and Mark Sampson earlier and I asked Mark how he manages to keep the squad happy Look whatever I do it comes down to individual players and a group dynamic and the team and each individual player have got to take huge credit from the way in which they've emotionally connected with the team they've emotionally sacrificed a lot to contribute whatever the role starter, finisher, substitute. They've really stepped up in all those areas to produce big England performances. And I'm very proud in, in, in the way in which the group have done that because you know, regardless of who's the manager or who, who the coaching staff are, whatever boundaries or 
facilitators we've put in there to promote that type of activity and behaviour, the players have got to step up. And they've done that as a group, collectively, and they've done it individually. So I'm really proud of the team, but we've got to keep it going. And we've, we've set ourselves the challenge of being the most together sports team in the world. And we really feel we're on path to do that. Do you have a kind of a manager's office set up? Do you try and speak to each of the players on an individual basis? Is that something that you try and do, or do you feel it's more important to speak to them as a whole? I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously a mixture of both. You know, we've clearly got to make sure the players understand their role inside out. We're very crystal clear on what we're trying to do in the game and give them that security that they know their role, they know their job. They've just got to bring themselves to the football match. And I think we've been in a good place with that. So again, credit to the players for the way they've questioned and the way they've... They're really pro to make sure they've got that clear understanding. And then from an emotional connection point of view, the players are taking responsibility. You know, we've, we've had the opportunity to speak on a group basis, in small group basis, on individual one-to-one -one basis. And you know, it's up to the players really to really commit to that process. And certainly they've been fantastic with it. So you've got the sort of players who will come to you and say, why am I not starting? Why am I not players? Players who will challenge you, but that's not a threat to you. That's obviously them showing their hunger for you. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, we're all professionals. We all want to win. We all want to play. And all these players have the ability to impact the game on the field. I think there's a genuine argument I could make for every single player deserving a starting spot. So there is that unique opportunity for the players to, to have that conversation if needs be. And the great thing with this group is we've got not only a huge variety in terms of the personality, but also in terms of the positional mix as well. I mean, you look at the likes of, you compare any Luco to Leanne Sanderson, they certainly bring very different qualities. And depending on the game we're trying to play, you can probably work out which forward we've gone for. And, and the players understand that. And they've had to deal with that and had to make sure emotionally they're a place that come the match day, they're in a position to deliver. And we've seen examples, France, Mexico, Colombia, of when every single player has stepped up and delivered in a different way, whether that's been on the pitch or off the pitch. I'm Farrah Williams. You're listening to the Offside Rule. We get it out here in Canada, brought to you by Audio Boom. Well, that was your chat with Mark, and whilst that was going on simultaneously, because, yeah, we try and squeeze every last bit out of Kate and I whilst we're here. Uh, we split up, we do the, the doppelganger sometimes, don't we? I was uh, on some steps, sat speaking to Carly Telford. Um, it's been an interesting tournament for her because she came out here in really good form, having played very well for Notts County Ladies. She knew, though, she was always going to be behind uh, Siobhan Chamberlain and Karen Bosley, England's number one goalkeeper. So what's it like for her? The female take on football. Carly, I just wanted to start by asking you about Mark Sampson's rotation policy because we've seen every outfield player get some match time. Does that mean the goalkeepers are going to be next? <laughs> uh, it's a very good question. I think, like you say, Mark has a lot of trust in his players. As you can see, he's willing to put anyone and everyone on that pitch to, to make sure that the job's done. With goalkeeping, it's a little bit different, as you know. Um, it's a very settled position. It's a position where you want the person to feel settled as well. So I don't think you'll see much rotation, if any, which we would expect. But it's important that KB feels settled and, and again, ready for this, this game because it's massive. And I think she's proven to a lot of people that she's, she's a world-class goalkeeper, and I think, in the last game. So she's earned that position, and I think she will take us very far. And I, I believe that, like you say, we'll get to the World Cup final and she'll be in goal. 
That means that your position, unlike anyone else really, you have to just be ready for the unexpected. If KB was to get an injury, you've got to step up to the plate. You have to make sure that physically you're ready to do that. So how do you approach training knowing and games, knowing that that might be at any point? Yeah, again, it's a it's a real strange. I think if you're an out, outfield player, you know you could go on, and it's it's a guarantee that you could go on. Whereas a goalkeeper, it's kind of even for myself being the third choice out here. Even if KB does get hurt, it's possibly Shiv that'll go in, and then it would have to be something terrible for then me to get the next goal. But like I'm here to I'm here to learn. Like I get to learn and be around the best girls in England playing playing football and. I'm here for however long we've been here now. I think it's like 30, 40 days, but I'm learning all the time and I get to to train hard, play hard, so that I know that I'm ready if I'm ever needed. Well, from speaking to some of the other girls as well, I know a very important role that you play on the bench is you're a real big observer of what's going on. But I think that's actually crucial because any for one has told me that you've spotted things and and Farrow said that you'd spotted that a keeper had come off the line and you, you point these things out. In this World Cup so far, have you done much of that? Yeah, of course we get we get to sit there and watch game after game, and there's just small things. You, of course, you want to help the team because if it's helping the team, it's helping you personally. It's helping the team collectively. So you want to spot these small things. The girls are so focused on their jobs and what they're, they're meant to do. Sometimes they don't get the time to see there, and you get to see and sit and see the bigger picture, the gaps between the lines, the small things, the keepers off their lines, what their trends are, what their traits are. So if you can give someone that extra percent, whether it's like you say, go on, far have a goal. She stood off a line, and she has a goal. I mean, she hit the bar, and if that had gone in, I'm sure she probably she said she would have ran to me because I pointed it out. But small things like that could be could be the difference. Thank you very much. Good luck. I'll be watching for you picking up on things from the bench. <laughs> yeah, you can watch me, to be fair. It's fun watching me. I'm always up to something. <laughs> I'll try and watch the match as well. Thanks, Lindsay. Thank you. <laughs> for exclusive video from the Women's World Cup, visit our YouTube channel. The Offside Rule TV. Love Carly Telford, a player we don't hear enough from. And well done her for putting so much into the squad. I love her attitude, actually. Really, really fascinating. OK, let's move on to topic two, Lindsay Hooper. Wish you were here. Players that have gone but have not been forgotten by us. We kind of wish we were still seeing them at these Women's World Cup finals. Who have you gone for? Well, first of all, I'd like to think that we have quite a young audience and this might be wasted on them, but this is our Judith Chalmers moment, isn't it? Wish you were here. Uh, I'm actually going for Veronica Baquette from Spain, 28 years old. And the reason I am is that she, a little bit like Christine Sinclair for Canada, who, they, by the way, they love out here. She's on the television every two minutes, every advert going. Um, because of what she's given to her national side, well... Actually, Veronica's been part of the Spain setup for over 10 years, for over a decade. Now, if you make the comparison to someone like Megan Rapino, who made her debut for the USA in 2006, Megan Rapino has got over 100 caps, but Veronica Baquette has not even made 50 caps for Spain yet, and that's because Spanish football really isn't there yet. It's still on the rise, but what it has achieved, both in the Euros and by qualification here and, get, and getting to the World Cup in Canada, has partly been down and mainly been down to her. Um, she single-handedly tried to get them here on a, a couple of occasions, um, thinking back to the game for the Euros as well, when she played against Scotland and thought, oh, I can, you know, I can take Spain to their first Euros and had a penalty. She missed it, but then scored an absolute sublime left foot volley. And it was what sent them there. So um, Veronica Baquette, who also earlier this year nominated for Footballer of the Year, um, has been a brilliant player. Now, out here in Canada, it's not quite gone as well for the Spanish team as what they wanted, but I've still seen those glimpses of her brilliance on the ball. Not only that, she's captain for Spain. She's a leader. She marshaled her teammates and 
was their biggest attacking threat easily in the games that we've seen her play in. And for anyone that saw Spain exit the competition, one of the best sights was at the full-time whistle. She went over to the Spanish contingents in the crowd, all the fans that had supported, and she spent over 15 minutes signing things, thrown down from the stands. The pitch was actually deserted at the end. There were no, <laughs> yeah, there were no management, no technical staff. The rest of the team had gone in, but she stayed and she kept out there signing and signing and giving her thanks for the way that this Spain side has progressed. And this is a player that's had to fight every inch of the way to get this Spanish side to where they are now. So yes, they've gone home and unfortunately we don't get to see more of her skill. But I'd like to give her a mention in particular for the progress under her that Spain have made. They made the Euros, the quarterfinals actually, beating England in the last Euros. Um, Baquette scored three times in that competition. Uh, she scored here in Canada and they qualified for their first ever World Cup without losing a single game. So there is a lot for them to celebrate. Well, the player I'm going to pick out is a Cameroon forward by the name of Gael Ongonamui. Her surname's certainly long enough. I hope I've pronounced that right. Um, Cameroon, first time at this tournament. They're ranked 53 in the world, but she's fearless. I love her. She's just approached it with such verve. Great on the ball as well. Really good skills she's shown. She's got a shock of dyed blonde ginger hair, so you can pick her out on the ball. And not just that, she's been taken in by the Canada fans, uh, taken close to their hearts. Uh, she's known as Freight Train <laughs> after her performance against Japan. Um, she's not come into this tournament completely unknown. She plays in Sweden at the moment, but I think we're going to see her in perhaps a more high-profile league. I'd say that she's definitely going to make strides in women's football, particularly because she's still a fairly young age. But when she played for Spartak, um, she scored an amazing goal, fastest women's football goal, as far as I can tell from the record books, in two seconds, scoring a beautiful shot. She noticed she had enough insight to see the goalkeeper come off her line. And my goodness me, in from the halfway line, a piece of brilliance. YouTube it. Not only from the halfway line, but to score it in two seconds, it was from kickoff, surely. She like, had one pass and then in. It was. Um, so a great one to look up. But do look out for her. I think we're going to see more of her. She's brought a lot of joy to a lot of fans from different countries in this uh, Women's World Cup. So, yeah, look out for Gael Ongonamui. Hi, I'm Karen Bardsley, and you're listening to the Offside Rule out in Canada at the Women's World Cup with Audio Boom. Now, our final feature on this podcast, it's been a hit. It's safe to say, Lindsay Hooper, tell on your roomie. Here's Katie Chapman and Claire Rafferty. This is tell on your roomie, this time with Claire Rafferty and Katie Chapman. Uh, we're going to find out how well you both know each other. So we're going to start with you, Raf. OK, so I read out the question, yes? Yeah. Does your roomie do anything funny in her sleep? Other than the occasional fart. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, no, not really. See, sometimes she says a few words, but that's it, nothing too... Nothing too strange. The farting was a joke, obviously. Here we go. Hey, over to you. <laughs> Thanks, Raph. <laughs> One thing your roomie has done that has made you laugh. She makes me laugh all the time. This girl gets changed in the room, I don't know how many times, in about a minute, and the clothes just all get thrown all over the room, and I think I just laugh every time. I'm like, Raph, just pick an outfit. Yeah. Can we go? What does your roomie do to relax? Kate and I likes to put on some... Uh, Nice tunes, some R&B tunes to help us go sleep from time to time. <laughs> what did she think? Was I don't know. <laughs> Kate? What did, what did you, you think I was going to say? I thought she was going to say she likes a glass of wine. <laughs> that would be dubbing you into the team. That's what I was thinking, but that's not allowed. 
The one item your roomie always borrows. She might borrow. She might, yeah, borrow several things without me knowing. But she hasn't asked to borrow anything. I'm sure she's probably, yeah, used uh, uh, most stuff. But we share between. I mean, I use her straighteners. Yeah. So she probably uses. She can use whatever anyway. Quite easy. What does your roomie like to moan about? Other than wanting a a glass of wine, I was going to say bottle then. (laughs) There's not much else to moan about. We've got quite a good life, haven't we? Who my roomie talks about the most? Herself. Yeah, she probably talks about herself and, and her hair really and how she's her. looking and her hair's greasy and it needs washing. She only washed wow. it yesterday. I just her eyebrows good. are not right. She has to go and have her eyelashes done. Bit of a tart, to be honest. I like how Raf admits this. Yeah. yeah. She knows, that's why. <laughs> if, if she gets anything from it, it's honesty. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> eyebrows have to be on point and hair's got to be on point. If Kate's not up to the standard of the room, then I'll let her know as well. <laughs> Should we leave that there? Yeah. Yeah, thank you very much. Oh, by the way, I have to give you, I have to get a rating first. So you have to rate uh, Katie as a roommate um, out of 10. 9.5. Oh, hi. Katie Chapman on Claire Rafferty. I'm going to give you a nine. How dare you? 9.5, not 10. Lovely. Well, you've you've surpassed Jordan and Jodie, who both were in the eights. There you are. The female take on football. I tell you what, I've got some great pictures of them after this. And if you can... Pop onto the Audio Boom account. We'll try and lift off that interview and I'll pop up a few pictures. They are the best of mates, aren't they? They are, and I do have to apologise if you hear me giggling in the background all over it, but it was making me laugh so much. Talking of roomies, me and my roomie are going to say goodbye now. I'm going to pop over to the Jazz Festival and ask them to turn the volume back up, Lindsay. I'm going to have some of that nice ripe wine that we were mentioning earlier. (laughs) We'll catch you soon. The FIFA Women's World Cup 2015. Brought to you by the Offside Rule and Audio Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.